We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jeremy. Hey, John. How are you? I'm good. I wasn't expecting to talk with you today, but I'm always thrilled to. And this is an especially great moment. How are you? It's the, uh, it's the, it's the un, it's the un, unreported uh, benefit of the Knicks trading for Cam Reddish, which is that we get to talk in the middle of a uh, otherwise um, uneventful Thursday afternoon. Um. This one came out of the blue a little bit. I know Ian reported it a few days ago, but uh, I guess give credit to the powers that be. They do their work early, right? Um, like, as you've mentioned many times, Derek Rose trade was made well before most of the trade deadline stuff. And we're sitting here and it's still a month away from the deadline. Um, I don't know. What's the first way to it? I mean, it's a value proposition, right? Like, on upside. That's yeah. I mean, well, I guess should we first lay out for those maybe who for the, okay. So the, for anybody who doesn't know, yeah, the Knicks traded for Cam Reddish um, and the uh, expiring contract of Solomon Hill, who is currently uh, not uh, playing basketball and he will not be playing basketball again this year, I believe, because he's he has a season-ending injury, so he'll be waived at some point. Um, and the Knicks could afford to do that because they're so far under the um, under the tax. And they got a Brooklyn second in this deal too, I think, right? 2025. Okay. So a Brooklyn second. And then they're sending back Kevin Knox and the protected Charlotte first. And for anybody uh, who may not be as well versed on the protections on that pick, um, it's top 18 protected this year, top 16 next year, and then top 14, the two years after that. I I'm guessing it's going to convey next year or the year after, you know, your mileage may vary on how good you think the Hornets could be this year, but, um, it's a, it's a non-lottery first and a guy who might not be an NBA player for someone who, uh, I mean, we're all jumping up and down about what RJ Barrett's doing. Um, this guy's uh, scored 30 points a handful of t- or a couple times this year, too, and looked pretty good doing it. He did. And, you know, the Knicks, by doing this, address the one thing I feel like they have desperately needed, which is adding length on the perimeter. Because I've been thinking to myself, you know, you want to go best player available in the draft, obviously. But until then, like, or rather, when you do that, do you kind of have this mindset of, well, we're really set on guards and we might be okay with bigs, but it certainly depends on how that plays out. So then you look at the wing position. You look at the fact that it's like RJ is really the only consistent guy with length. And what is Alec Burks's longevity on this team? He's also not quite that long defensive-minded player um, that Cameron can can be. So it's, it's fascinating because I've been thinking about cam and playing out in my head where it's like, would I rather take a chance on their first round pick and have four years of cheap money and not have to worry about paying any guy, or would I rather trade some sort of asset for cam reddish to get a year and a half of him and to then extend him after that. And I was leaning towards the former because of the fact it's like, well, you know, It'd be great. You can just get cheap labor and it works out perfectly. But at least with this, it feels like, okay, yes, but you have someone who can help you today. 
this season where the Knicks are clearly not going to give up on anything. Yeah. And it's the ability to just kind of like fill in the gap of, of that role and, and how you can do it. And the thing is, if you basically, if you think the Charlotte pick could yield a player better than Cam Reddish, then it's a poor trade. But if you don't, then it's totally fine. And it works. Fine. It works okay by me. Sorry. That's me turning on the YouTube so I could see our comments. Um, Apologies, everybody. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Well, first, let's say uh, we've, we're in agreement. They were never going to use that Charlotte pick. That Charlotte pick was just a way to kick the can down the road and, and pick up an asset. Um, here's what's interesting to me about this. So we could have a basketball discussion about Cam Reddish, whether you want to talk about his length, whether you want to talk about his defensive versatility, whether you want to talk about his shot making, whether you want to talk about his ability to do stuff on the ball, whether you want to talk about the reasons why, even in the midst of a poor freshman season at Duke, there were people who were like, this kid's got still the, the most upside. Like we could have all those conversations about, about him as a basketball player and the, the upside long-term and whether or not that upside may be ready to be tapped into right the hell now, because again, as I just referenced, just looking right now. So this season it scored 20 points uh, twice in the first five games, you know, and he's been efficient from three and he's been like efficient from close range. And then if you look back over the last uh, three weeks, 34 points on 23 shots, 33 points on 23 shots, you know, so like, that's there and that upside may be ready to be tapped into right now. To me, this trade is a push and pull between the Knicks getting an asset that may be something good for them down the line or may be something that may look appealing to someone else down the line in a trade and how they manage the basketball side of it in the meantime, because if the Knicks were a shitty team right now, like I'm name one of the four or five abhorrent teams in the league where they could just plop Cam Reddish in and be like, here, take all the on ball possessions you want, figure out your shit on the fly. That would make that would make this a I mean, it would make it a no brainer, a home run. That's not the case with the Knicks, because they have a couple of guys who very much like to have the ball in their hands. And by the way, when there were too many of those guys on the court for a lot of games this season, they look so great. So I wonder, I wonder how this is going to look. I wonder how Tibbs is going to play him. I wonder Tibbs who's going to Tibbs going to play him with. I wonder if and when everybody else gets healthy, whose expense, at whose expense he he takes the minutes, you know, and and can they manage the basketballs? And I I feel bad using that word, and, and this is the last thing I'll say, but like. <sighs> He's a talented player. So it's like we're talking about managing something that in essence is a good thing, but it still needs to be managed. Do you know, I, you know what I'm saying here? I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's, it is the basketball side of things for sure. I can't also help but wonder about the financial side because that's always where my mind tends to go to. And, and that sure is I'm, it does with you too. Um, but, you know, I know we have questions about that. Yeah, we'll finish what you're saying, then we'll we'll get to the questions. But the bottom line here, listen, Kevin Knox, he was supposed to be a restricted free agent this summer. He was never going to be because the Knicks were not going to offer him the qualifying Mm -hmm. offer, which he would have naturally accepted. And then he would have had a de facto no trade clause. It was never going to happen. They were always going to find a home for him. It was just a matter of when. I didn't think it was going to be on January 13th. I thought it might be February 10th. But sure enough, here we are. But what I like what the Knicks did is we've talked about the fact that the Knicks are unlikely to go below the salary cap for a while. And by getting Cam Reddish, who's on the same track as RJ Barrett, it basically says not only are the Knicks going to operate above the cap in 2022, they're going to do it in 2023 and beyond. And the thing about well, that, that's so they fascinating. Make, well, they sure. <laughs> but even then they could still like, yeah, I know. I know. The, the point being that they are, I love the fact that they did this from a financial standpoint because they are creating future money, which is a good thing. The Knicks need to keep adding salary. It's why they they used all their cap space this offseason to sign long-term guys and to break it, it up and not like go out and get Russell Westbrook and have this one um, player take up all this amount of money. They're diversifying their portfolio. It, it just but, has to be decent money. And exactly. like and and let's just say real quickly, 
the definition of decent money in the NBA, I feel like is something that is oft discussed and oft misunderstood. Like there are, (laughs) there are players who are not great players that are making in like the high teens of millions, like Aaron Gordon's contract, like was, you know, when he's not the current extension, the last extension he was on, like he was a quote unquote disappointment on that contract. And yet there was a team, a good team willing to give up two first round picks for the right to, pay him that and then extend him at a little bit more money. Am I saying Cam Reddish is Aaron Gordon? No, Aaron Gordon can do very discernible things that help teams win basketball games. But like there are questions about Cam Reddish, about how much he actually impacts winning. Does that have more to do with the role that he was given in Atlanta and the fit or like that's what this is more complicated than meets the eye at first glance. That's the only thing I just wanted to throw in there. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get to some super chats here because you guys are awesome. Uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, and checking us out in the middle of the day. Sorry, we had an original stream and then we had to cancel it because we found out we could get Jeremy on here. So um, obviously, you know, we do what we got to do. Um, so first one, uh, Zach Gronf, Gronfine. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. Ah, been reloading YouTube, waiting for the emergency live stream. So much to unpack here in terms of what's next. We just got a certified bucket getter. We did get a certified bucket getter. That's true. He does yeah. get buckets. No, he does get buckets. Again, I don't... It's not that this team didn't need another bucket getter. I mean, this was the team that scored 75 fucking points against the Celtics a week ago. Um, but it's like how, you, you know, they still don't have that main bucket getter. So I, I'm... There's, look, there's, we've been saying it for two years. There's more moves coming. It's just... How do they manage it in the meantime? Um, our main man, CT Pittman, always uh, comes in for these. I'm here for all the Zion to New York conspiracy theories. Now, let's fucking go. Uh, Jeremy, your thoughts, sir. Does it make it more likely? Sure. I guess so. Does it mean it'll happen? Obviously not. It's a fascinating situation, what's going on in New Orleans anyway. There are some like extreme Porzingis vibes of the two sides agreeing that Zion should rehab elsewhere and not with the team. You halfway across country. Elsewhere? Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it's basically Latvia or Spain. He, he rehabbed in Spain. So um, he's on the well. Bering Strait. He actually traveled up to the, to what remains of the Bering and, Strait. Yeah. yeah. But I would, I would still take pie over voodoo donuts. So I guess the, the point here is like, sure. Maybe it could happen. I think that the tomfoolery with Zion that would have to occur tomfoolery. is yes. Wow. So, you could trade for him when he's because he's now technically going to be an expiring contract in the offseason. You could play the quote, uh, the qualifying offer game a year later in 2023, which like I don't see him taking that, but who knows? As we've talked about before, if there's one player to like, you know, kind of use his leverage, it's the guy who has made millions and millions of dollars already just off of Nike subscription, you know, Nike um, and other endorsements and whatnot. You know, it, for now, I think, I think you have it a little bit more forward than in the back of your mind, but it still has to be in the back of your mind. Um, there. So for anybody who doesn't know, Mark Berman sent out a text um, saying that he had, heard, he, I don't know what the fuck his wording was. He heard around the bend that uh, Cam and, and RJ actually uh, may not have been the best of friends at Duke. And I will just say that um, someone else I heard from who I, who I trust had uh, heard the same thing, not, I don't know how direct, but had heard it. Um, I've also had people uh, reach out to me again. These are the days where like everybody comes out of the woodwork with like, I know my friend's uncle's sister's cousin or whatever. I've heard, I've heard already something counter to that. I have no idea. Are these guys, you know, are these guys, the, uh, the three legs of the tripod from uh, what's that movie with the porn star who moves next door? Um, Alicia Cuthbert. Don't tell me you're too young. That. Oh I'm my god! Young. I just don't remember. I, the- I think it's called. The, it might be called the girl next door. I'm not sure. Andrew was going to okay. have to put it in the chat. Um, Rings a bell, actually. Yeah, the three legs of the tripod. Maybe they're the three legs of the tripod. Maybe they all hate each other. I have no idea. Um, but there's still a lot of hurdles to be jumped before uh, uh, Zion and his um, his entourage of uh, Grubhub. Uh, bicyclists uh, make their way to New York. Uh, this from Dale, our last uh, super chat from the original room. Uh, Grimes can play the two if they move Burks. Um, I, so there's, a, I've seen this generally and I'm curious what you think. A lot of people are like, well, there's gotta be another move coming. I don't think so. 
I don't think there has to be another move coming. And if there is another move coming, it's going to be one. It's going to be a move that people may not want to hear, which is, um, I was just saying, Mr. Toppin going out in the in a possible Indiana deal for Turner. Doesn't that make the most sense on paper? Well, let's look at the what I perceive as a logjam right now. So at the two three, right? You've got Fournier and RJ, and you're already playing quickly yeah. when Rose is healthy at the two. And then you have Burks, who's at the three when Kemba's healthy. And then you have Grimes, and now you have Cam Reddish. So you don't trade for Cam to not play him, which means he's going to... He's, to he's going to play. So it means, okay, well, someone has to move. Now, if you're listening to this, I guarantee your first thought is Evan Fournier. Trade Evan Fournier. Maybe. Yes. And again, he's he's upped his value to a point where he's not like a complete sunk cost like he was before. He's getting there. I'm still a little skeptical that they would deal him right now. Would you be surprised or would you be shocked if he was dealt? I would be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. I would be, but I would be very surprised if that I'd be halfway like between, between very surprised and shocked. I'd be halfway between surprised and shocked. Yeah. Air, airing on the side of shock. Right. And that's the thing where it's like, okay, well, you don't want to trade quickly. You don't want to trade Grimes. They're not, they're not trading quickly. So it's then like, are you going to trade Alec Burks? Okay. If you do that, then what are you doing about the point guard position? If Kemba gets hurt? You could, sure, you could like hopefully elevate quickly, but I think quickly is a starter who I, I don't want to get into the whole point guard or not discussion. It's more what he doesn't do super well, which is driving. He's just not a driving guard, which is fine because he can still have a role doing point guard things in the starting lineup. I just think that Tibbs feels he anchors the second unit in ways that only Derrick Rose can, and putting them together makes it far more lethal. And he just likes having someone who's I, a little bit more what? No, I, I like. To me, if anything, today's trade, and I don't know what they're going to do, but like, to me, it's an endorsement of, of the Burks, the Burks starter. Oh, really? No, I think, I think, I think it's an endorsement of Burks in the starting. Cause I think, I don't know. I, I, it always, it always comes back to Kemba. I just, I don't, I, I, I'm skeptical about what happens with Kemba moving forward. It's a nice, tidy little salary. Like assuming the. It's, it's inevitable with Kemba. He's, it's, he is going to be trading. Because here's the thing, right? Yeah. We, I was just talking about the salaries and um, with Cam Reddish and RJ Barrett. That's 2023. That's when Kemba would yeah. expire. And you don't have cap space to then use that money. So it just goes to waste, which is why it's like, you, you know what a continuous soup is, John? Have you ever heard of that? No, I have so, no fucking clue what that is. In, in, in the East... Uh, basically in ancient times, there'd be this soup that would constantly be heated. And the moment it stops heating, it goes rancid. But if you keep heating it, the soup cooks forever and it cooks the same flavors on and on. So the point I'm going with this is if you let Kemba walk and you don't trade him at some point, you're turning the soup off, right? There's no way of like keeping it going because you're just losing that soup. The salary disappears. Well, wait a minute. What into something? What happens if there's a if there's an ingredient in the soup that that can go bad? No, because the heat the heat kills the bacteria. So you're telling me I could put like an avocado in the soup, and as long as I keep the fucking heat on, the avocados I could eat it a month from now. I mean, yeah, but there's a reason why continuous soups really don't exist anymore. It's because they're incredibly dangerous. Because you're you're heating something. I'm really fascinated by this concept. Look at that's up. all it, I'm going to think about. The it's rest really of the day. cool. Tomorrow's that, next film school newsletter is going to be on <laughs> continuous soup. Um, okay. But that is Kemba. If he expires, you're turning the soup no, off. I, Don't I turn know. the soup off. Don't turn the soup off. Okay. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We ha- oh, this is a good one for you. From Taxi Driver. This is from our new Super Chat. Um, thank you, by the way, for the, all the contributions so far. Um, yeah, I want soup now too, Andrew. Is Reddish now part of the KP trade? So, remind me. So, they had 19 and 21. They traded 19 for the Charlotte the Hornets pick. pick. Correct. 19 was their own pick. 21 oh, was 21 the was, the, was, the, was the Dallas pick. Okay. Yep. So unfortunately okay. not, he's not so part no. of the uh, KP trade. Okay. Um, I, I had to think for a second too, um, cause I forgot which was which, um, okay. Sam L my man, Jeremy just woke up. Go Knicks. <laughs> Thank you. KFS. <laughs> yeah. been up since like eight 30. <laughs> Jeremy has no job. Uh, he, uh, he's living on, uh, he's like, um, Will Ferrell in, uh, wedding crashers. Oh yeah. It's, I live with my mom. What is it? What does she? Meat- what does she shout that he wants? Like mom, hey, ma, the meatloaf. meatloaf. Yeah, yeah. That's it. yeah. Okay. I actually, I don't eat. The only nutrients I sustain on are the likes and retweets I get. That's like <laughs> how I feed. Um, you know, you know who isn't living on likes and retweets? Zion Williams. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, okay. Uh, oh, now. Oh, okay. I. Uh, Andrew, if I've missed any uh, chats or super chats, let me know. We got Kyle Kagan. Thank you for your contribution. Um, appreciate it. Um, Lunas Emirat, I have to think a second trade is coming. Who's your guess? I, I think it's it's a Kemba, it's a Kemba, it's a Kemba trade. Um, but again, who is who's involved in the Kemba trade? I I don't I don't know. Um, I mean, let's can we just throw something out there, something fake. Um, so Kemba and Obi make the money work for Turner. Mm. Um, but they would have to send another center out in the deal. They could send Mitch, but that's a three for one. And then you're talking about Indiana, bring it, having another player come back. And that doesn't, that doesn't pass muster. So then we're thinking Noel Kemba and Obi for miles and player X. That doesn't make a lot of money. And they're going to want picks too. Um, maybe the Dallas pick. Is that the deal? Is that the deal? It's too much for me personally. Kemba, Obi, Noel, the Dallas pick for Miles and some bad money. I don't know what bad money they have. I don't, off the top I don't of my think head. it's a bad trade for Miles. It's just he's kind of come back to earth. Like, I'm not saying is, I want this trade. I just, sure. I, 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 I hear you. I'm, I'm just throwing out, like we're talking about like roster crunch and the whole thing. I'm just everybody watching, just throwing it out there, not yeah. endorsing it. I do also, it's kind of fascinating too, because right. Remember when Kemba was out of the rotation and it was like, look, the Knicks are winning without Kemba or I'm sorry, they're losing without Kemba. And well, yeah, like he's, and now they're winning without Kemba and you could point to the schedules like, well, they're winning easy games. Well, they were losing tough games. So that's the thing with Kemba. It's like, it's not so much like I can't believe Tibbs benched him. And it, it's just, it's evening out right now to the point where I, I like you could find a home for him. I do oh, yeah, think, they could, they could I do him. think eventually it's probably better to do it in the off season, but maybe not. Maybe if you just feel like you have to get someone, because if you remove Kemba, you're committing to Burks, right? Most likely in the starting lineup. And you're, and you're banking on roses. I mean, if they really want to actually go to the playoffs and, and have an honest to goodness, talk with themselves like, Hey, we could win around. I, if Rose goes bye-bye because of another health issue, then that goes out the window. Um, 
Boy, I I don't know. Um, I'll put it this way: I I, I yeah. am glad I'm not in Leon Rose's shoes I'm, right now, because yeah, a great day for him. But yes, yes. Um, okay, Robert Cross, uh, Mister Hashtag Fifty Three Wins. Zion's next basketball game will be with the New York Knicks. Uh, it's, if that's true, I, I'll I will go get a crow. I will fillet it myself. And I will make a cutlet and I will eat it. Uh, RJ breaks the Charlie Ward cars. Good to see cutlets feeling better. Oh, that's I, yeah. There you go. I like that. I, <laughs> Maybe we can just leave that one where it is. Yeah. Uh, David Hughes, thank you for uh, your contribution. It says your message was retracted. Um, Chad Cohen, do you think this is the last we see of Kemba? So let's touch on this one more time because I did have one more thought on it. And then uh, go good group from last night plus Cam. Go group, it says, and then go group from last night plus Cam until Rose gets back. I, I'm sure there's an obvious typo here that I'm missing that makes this. Make I think sense. it's keeping the group that was the rotation from. Oh last yeah, night, okay, it's working. Yeah, I got you. Uh, yeah. Um, also, do we trade for Trey Jones or, or uh, yeah, trade for Trey Jones? I like Trey Jones. Um, I. It's weird because because Tim said. Kemba was making progress yesterday. And then there's a part of me that's like, would it shock you if you never saw if like Kemba shut it down for the year? No, just because it wouldn't shock me. Unpredictable. Everything's been like, he's getting better. It it feels like they're kind of trying to kick the can down the road. As long as it can go, it's like, all right, the jig is up. We're doing something at this point. Again, if you told me they trade Kemba at the deadline, I'd say, I believe you. If you told me they trade Kemba in the off season as part of a sign and trade or your standard old trade, I'd believe you. I have no idea which direction they're going to go in, but I think if you feel Alec Burks can replace Kemba enough, not in terms of like the level of talent, but the way that he fits with the with the roster, it's different. It's it, it's right. It's honestly good. It's just it's different. <laughs> it's not bad per se, but when it doesn't work, it's bad. Um, yeah. it, at the end of the day, the Knicks need a driving point guard, and that's not really Alec Burks. And if he's not hitting anything well, inside of the three point line. That's also a little trouble, but, but, but it's been working what they've been doing in the last 10 games or seven. But do they need that? Because I feel like this, I don't want to turn this into an RJ. I'm not turning this into an RJ Barrett thing, but like if everybody seems, if, if the organization is now of the position that like our best path moving forward, whether it's today, a week from now, a month from now, or five years from now is getting RJ Barrett as many on ball reps and starting to funnel the offense more through him. than like, Burks does make more sense in that scenario than anyone else on the, on the roster with the starting lineup. He does, but you also want the, the diversification of the players, right? Like Burks yeah. isn't necessarily going to be a driving point guard, but having someone who drives and pulls up, that's the key, which is why Kemba appealed so much. Yeah. Drives and he, well, he pulls up on offense. He appealed so much. That's um, yeah. Uh, Michael Aaron in the super chat. Uh, good to, good to hear from you, Michael, this front office. Drafting well, trading well, just being smart and competent and not giving up Grimes in the deal. Steve Mills, eat your heart out. Here's the question. Does Steve Mills trade Quentin Grimes and Obi Toppin in this deal if he's making it or is just Quentin or just Quentin Grimes? No, it's Quentin Grimes. It's Obi Toppin and it's and the Charlotte back. Hornets pick. Well, actually, he wouldn't have even <laughs> taken the Charlotte Hornets pick because it would have devalued so much to the point where it would have been like the worst yes. player you could imagine. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm excited to answer this question. We, we don't have enough time to spend on it to do it justice, but I'm going to read it from Kevin Danishevsky. Is Kevin Knox the worst Knicks draft pick ever? Um, I would. Uh, they made some not great picks back a long time ago. I'm, I'll, I'll just take it back over the last like 20, 30, maybe 40 years. <sighs> the Frank... Frank over Donovan. So here's the thing. But you can't look. I think you have to view it as the player in a vacuum, not the because because we could talk about the Knicks passed on SGA and they took Knox. You can look I, at it either way. I, but that's exactly how I'm looking at it. I'm looking. I think but here's the thing: value as the player himself in the uniform. Yes, but it has to factor in the likelihood of what other what is the what is the most likely opportunity cost that was passed up. And there is an argument that the most likely opportunity cost passed up by picking Frank was Donovan Mitchell. The most likely opportunity cost passed up by drafting Knox was Mikal Bridges. Donovan Mitchell is obviously a more impactful player than, than Mikal Bridges, but I don't know if that's Shea Gilgis Alexander. They passed. I don't Shea think Gilgis. he was ever. They were ever likely. 
to me, that is worse. To me, that is more egregious. The the fact that the Knicks wanted to trade another, get another first round pick to trade, uh, to get in and get Mitchell is more comforting to me than it is the idea if we didn't even consider this other guy in SGA. Or Bam, how the Bam workout was great. They didn't, like, he killed it. He didn't show signs. Like, to me, I think the other thing is you have to consider, like, at least Knox showed up. Like, I do feel bad for Frederick Weiss, but he didn't even play. Like, at least Knox, that, oh my God, on I'm his saying, gravestone. I'm saying that is Kevin, what, that is the difference between Knox and someone like Weiss for me. It's that at least one player actually came to the team. It didn't feel like it was just a complete waste in that sense. He didn't pan out like any of us would have wanted. Obviously, he's not a good draft pick. I would give him an F minus. Shout out to Benji. But yeah. it's a sort of thing where, like, I, I like you at least traded him for something in the end Jeremy, with vice. What did you do? He, he, you, here, li- here lies Kevin Knox. <laughs> Nick's career. At least he showed up um, from uh, another Jeremy, Jeremy E cams offense is nice, but the defensive value he brings might be more significant for this team's immediate future. Uh, yeah. Shout out to uh, Sean Farmer on the putback that I was just on with, with Ian uh, talked a lot about cams defense. Yeah. I mean, the defense is, is, is solid. Um, you know, as an on-ball defender, for sure. Uh, I, I have not watched enough Atlanta uh, Hawks basketball to know what how well he is and how consistent he is as an off-ball defender. Um, I'm excited to dig into some tape. Um, but yeah, I think he'll... But, you know, if he can defend, he'll get on the court and Tibbs won't have a problem playing him. So um, this from Hush Zoo. I like this move a lot. Do you guys think the front office made up their mind of now going the youth timeline and R- with RJ and co... I really think Evan is going to be traded either at the deadline or in the summer uh, thoughts. I, I think today was the front office trying to have their cake and eat it too. Jeremy, you agree? My one big thing going into this, and I was going to say it for our eventual trade pod, which it'll still happen, is I have zero interest in trading future first round picks or really good assets for any player who is Julius Randle's age or older. And the Knicks did exactly the opposite, which is what I wanted. They acquired a player who is more along the timeline of the other guys. And that to me is perfect. It's basically trying to, again, as you're saying, have your cake and eat it too. It shows to me that it's not building around Julius Randle. It's building with Julius Randle. And if something else comes up, then you have him under contract. That's why you signed him last season. It's so that you didn't have to have this gap between the trade deadline and the trade restriction being let up in December of, you know, the 2022, 23 season, which is like almost a full year. If you think about it, where the Knicks couldn't flip him, they couldn't flip him at, at, uh, in, on the draft night or in free agency. They would have to wait this long period of time. And that's why you lock him up. It's great. But the fact that they are trying to have their cake and eat it too, says they are focusing on not right now. They're trying to do, you know, they're trying to be sustainable right now, but the goal is really two, maybe three years from now. I think they are putting a lot of faith in Tom Thibodeau to manage the situation in terms of playing time, locker room, continuing to get like, and listen, man, you, there are people in this chat who I'm sure would give Tom Thibodeau an F for his performance this year. I think there are people in this chat who would give, him an A minus. I don't think anyone's giving him an A. Um, they're twenty one and twenty one, and it's been it's been rocky and it's been bumpy. Can he can he do it even more? Like this is this is it's a I just, I don't know how else to say it. I think this is not going to make his life easier. I think this is going to make Tom Thibodeau's life slightly more difficult, or at least give him like an extra thing to manage. I don't know. We'll we'll see if he could do it. Um, WG uh, Jalen Brunson's a no brainer to me now. He fits like a yes. He fits like a glove on this team. That's the next move that needs to be made. I like Turner, but what's the exact cost? Uh, we don't know what the exact cost is for Turner. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're Dallas, so Leon Rose calls up, and you are going to say what? You're going to say I would like R.J. Barrett, and then you're, Leon Rose is going to say no. And then what is Dallas going to do? They're probably going to hang up. Like I don't know why. If you're Dallas, you're why are you trading Jalen Brunson right now? You, do you have that little faith in your ability to resign him in the offseason? I guess. It's the finances of it all. So it's, the thing about Dallas is that they don't really pay the luxury tax and they're already committed to over $135 million. They, they're going to have a first-round pick. They're, they you don't think resign. they'll go into the tax to keep Brunson? 
They haven't done it in over 10 years. And but here's the thing, they also have to sign Dorian Finney-Smith. And then you have to consider the year after that, they're still going to be in the luxury tax. And the year after that, they're still going to be in the luxury tax. And then they're dealing They're going to fuck around tax. with Luca to that. And they're going to be, and they're just going to let, they, they, would, they would never let him walk for nothing. They would do a sign and trade. Well, of course. I mean, obviously, based on the, the salary situation, there would have to, but. Well, they would have to because the Knicks don't have any cap space. Yeah. Right. I, but uh, <laughs> I guess the big thing is if you are Dallas, why you're trading Jalen Brunson midseason when you could say, let's try to at least work something out in the offseason. Because if you're punting, now you could, that's the thing. Like if the Knicks said, okay, well, we're willing to make a trade with you, but Dallas is going to say, well, if Jalen Brunson's our best trade ship, we need to take advantage of that. You know, like is Jalen Brunson worth the Mavericks getting their own pick back? I was about to, I'm not, like, I'm not so sure when you can consider the fact that if you do a sign and trade in the off season, you don't have to give up a first round pick to get him. You could grease the wheels with a, you know, a mess second round pick to just make the salaries work. You could send Burks back in that situation. You could do, there are a lot of different moves you could make, but it's why I don't necessarily see the Knicks paying assets to get Brunson when we know the connections, we know it's very possible that they could work something out. And we know that the ability to start, on this team, I'm sure it would be appealing to him. He's starting in Dallas, but there's just a very different situation. Um, time will tell. I think he's right. He is the perfect fit for right now. I don't think he's the perfect cost right now. I wouldn't be upset depending on, of course, the price and what it would take to, cost, to, to get him, but I think it's more likely to wait a little bit. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what their, what their worst salary... Oh, I know what their worst salary is. It's Reggie Bullock. Um, <laughs> it would... like. If it was, I'll tell you what it is. It's Reggie Bullock. It's the ghost of Willie Cauley Stein, who's not played since the end of November. Yeah. It's Jalen Brunson. It's sending someone like an Evan Fournier contract. They may not want that player. Then one of those players, like Willie Cauley Stein, gets rerouted to OKC. They hit the cap floor. Like that is, and then of course the Knicks would have to maybe send over Deuce McBride or. Um or if the, the, the Mavs don't like the fact that they have to worry about Trey Burke's salary because he's got a player option for $3 million next year, the Knicks take that on. They waive him because he can't even play since he's unvaccinated or they hang on to him and then flip him in the off season and say, don't even bother coming. I don't think they do that though. I, at the end of the day, I still think, I guess I'm inclined to think the Knicks stand pat with the Brunson situation and then reassess and try to uh, get him this summer. Yeah. I just wonder because if the, if if Dallas gets their first round pick back, it opens up a lot of more interesting trade avenues for them this summer to potentially make a deal because then they have all their first round picks, and then uh, unless and they just change the the restrictions on it, they can do that. But then and also Mitchell Robinson's long been linked to them. Um, I don't know if that's still germane, but but. But anyway, okay, let me get a couple more here. And then I actually have to run and Andrew's going to hop in for me. Uh, Anthony Sixto, Jeremy has the number one suit metaphor um, in the pod game. Uh, completely agree with that. Um, Yushen Zhu, continuous soup is a thing. It has all kinds of spices in it and it goes on for the flavor. Um, put fresh protein in when needed so the protein can get the great flavor. Proteins get consumed. The soup goes on. I'm. This is going to be my mission in life for this year. Jason M., you are overrating Kemba off three games, then injured. Um, I, maybe. Um, I mean, there's big injury concerns with him, and I could see teams around the league um, being, being scared by those. Um, and then Matthew Schwartz, how many minutes do you think Cam immediately gets? Uh, I'll set the over-under at first game, or at least like first game once he's like comfortable and like has gone through a few practices. 18 and a half. That's my over-under. I was going to say 20, but that makes sense. Andrew? I Can you hear me? Yes. Um... Gotta be honest, I didn't hear the question. I was setting up. How many minutes does Cam Reddish get in his first game? And on that note, I'm going to bid you adieu. Oh, wow. A walk off question. Um, I'll say 11 with along with Grimes. And he basically just fills in for what Kemba would have gotten off the bench. You know? Is John gone? Is it just you? John, and me now, no, he's Jerry? out. He did. Oh, okay. You and I uh, he for... literally was a walk off. I yeah, love yeah. how the whole plan was like at one forty he'd go, and I was like, all right, I'll just jump on and read super chats. And he just yeah. read all the super chats and then left. He's like, well, then why are we still here? The journey to a smoke free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zin for a spin. 
Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Guys, you have John, uh, you have Jeremy Cohen and me, Andrew Claudio, here Um taking you all the way till two o'clock talking about the next trade of Kevin Knox for Cam Reddish. So it's funny. People are talking about the threat of the Kevin Knox um, trade uh, for Cam Reddish, yet not talking about it from the Atlanta perspective that now this completes the Luka Doncic trade because now officially it was Luka Doncic for Trey Young and Kevin Knox and a protected Charlotte first round pick. It's true. And the second round pick they gave up, which could be decent depending on how Kevin Durant holds up in 2025. Wow. You're, you're going all the way out there for the, the Brooklyn. <laughs> I got to be honest. That, that was Schwinn. Schwinn inspired that thought. I uh-huh. give credit where it's. Yeah. Deep, I, yes. I think Kevin Durant has officially um, gotten me over the, his Achilles is eventually going to, he's superhuman. These people are he not is. of this, of this planet. Um, did you guys discuss the aspect of like what Cam Reddish, if he, plays could do to Grimes's playing time a bit. We talked about the log jam okay. and how the, you know, something's got to give at some point because it's like Fournier and RJ quick and Burks, assuming Kemba's then healthy and then Grimes and cam. Mm-hmm. So the, if the Knicks aren't trading Grimes for cam, you're thinking one of two things. One, well, they really like Grimes enough for him to play long-term or two, they really like Grimes, but they're also willing to include him to upgrade elsewhere. They just didn't want to do it with cam. So how they're able to you know, get around that is going to be interesting. And also, I'm very curious as to if the Knicks have any desire whatsoever. They may not. But if they are more likely to trade the pick in this year's draft and keep the players that they have versus trading one of the younger players and packaging him for something and keeping this year's pick just kind of something to let marinate. I think it's very easy to say trade a pick because we don't have emotional attachments to picks like we do players. Yeah. And this is supposed to be a weaker draft. Well, but at the same time, if this is supposed to be a weaker draft, then maybe one of the younger players is worth more. And that's more appealing to another team. I'd, I'd push back a little bit on the attachment to picks as you players because of there's a lot of Isaiah Thomas PTSD still with this fan base that like I'm not trading any first round pick for anybody or anything. And then there, I agree with you that if you drafted him, it means more to you than like somebody else giving you a potentially better player that, you know, because we haven't seen him, we're not familiar with him. And then they show up and it's good. And it's like, Oh, wow. It's a good thing. We traded Kevin. Like there are going to be, and I'm sure there is that I haven't checked Twitter yet. Um, there's going to be a Kevin Knox sentiment of, man, why couldn't we have seen what Kevin Knox had left? I thought he was actually pretty good as rookie year, you know? Yes. Yes, yeah. we will see that. And I will not care. The answer to your, the question of Nick's worst Nick's draft pick is Jordan Hill over DeRozan, by the way. I think that's fair. It's probably also saddening because of who was picked before him. Right, but, but that's I the thing I, I always blame, go back to is yeah. like, if you're so upset that they missed out on Steph, like you could have just taken DeRozan next and then like the Knicks didn't have a, a player at shooting guard or small forward or in 2022 power forward like DeRozan. They had like they, they drafted Jordan Hill, who was out of the league in the next four years. The answer, in my opinion, that was always the one that frustrated me. And I think the agita that's come from the Steph part of it has been like, I don't care who was drafted in front of them. I care who was drafted after them, especially the immediate pick after the Donovan Mitchell part of it all. If it wasn't for the fact that like the like the rumors been out there, I don't think we're ever going to find out real from a liable source. If it's true or not that Phil Jackson fell asleep in Donovan Mitchell's workout. 
Um, I just didn't think Donovan Mitchell was ever realistic at eight. It was always Dennis Smith Jr. or him. And for the first year, it was like LeBron even said, like, that he should be a Nick. Like, that was always the either or. I'm realistic about either or, which is why Mikhail Bridges over Knox is the more frustrating miss. Yeah. You know, I, I had not heard that it was Mitchell whose workout he slept through. I knew there was a prospect that he was mm-hmm. supposed to have slept through his uh, workout. I, I didn't know before if it's Donovan's. So, but if that's the case, then yeah, not, not great. Yeah. But the past is the past. The future is the future. Cam Reddish is the future. Yeah, we hear. Exactly. Um, okay. Forgotten NYC. One super chat equals one bread sandwich for Jeremy. Thank you. You get a bread sandwich on Forgotten NYC. Fantastic. Jeremy. I love it. Thank you. Lunis Emirat. Life's funny. After RJ Cam debates, our, uh, Cam is his backup. Uh, is he? His backup? I'm, he's not starting. And RJ's That's a funny thing. I had a friend text me when the trade happened. It was like, does he start? And I just, in all caps, over who? <laughs> <laughs> who is he starting over? What are we doing? If he wasn't starting in Atlanta, yeah, without, like, when they're healthy, then he's not going to start here. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we're caught up on the super... Oh, no, hold on. C.T. Pittman, of course. C.T. Pittman jumps in the super chat. Uh, C.T. Pittman just saw a stat that says we are the number one defense in the NBA since January 1st. Is that true? Yes, it is true. The Knicks have, I mean, if you consistently look at the box scores, the Knicks are consistently averaging under 100 points allowed. Even when they get blown out against the Celtics, it's under 100 points. That that stat is very, very true. Um, The frustrating part, I think, about it has been the offense. Either they're not hitting, hitting shots or the offense is clogged and we haven't found a rhythm to it yet, which... A lot of it probably has to do with the fact that the two point guards that were brought back in Derrick Rose and signed to make the offense flow better with Kemba have not been here for most of 2022. So as a result, the offense doesn't flow naturally. And yet the last four or five games, it seems like they've found a rhythm and we'll see. We'll see if that continues. Yes, we will. Um, Okay. Does anybody have a random question for Jeremy before we sign off? I'll take one, a couple random questions. We have over almost 800 people watching in the chat right now. Um, Grimes over Reddish, not close. Yes, this is from XJ. Where do you stand on that? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, again, Reddish has more of the length that you would need, but Grimes' ability to hit threes consistently, the pull, um, I mean the pull up ability. Sure. But even the point of attack defense that's there. Oh, you're laughing. What's Oh no. Cause I showed up. They're asking movie questions. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will say that was my initial thought when I saw the trade. Cause this is the same buddy that asked me if he was going to start mm-hmm. when he asked me last night, what would you trade for cam reddish? My thought was like, do they need another Wing, like, I don't necessarily know I would give up much, especially for what the Hawks might want, which ironically, the Bagley report, I would think the Hawks would want Quentin Grimes to literally replace him in the rotation. And then when I saw the trade go down today, it was like, okay, they didn't trade anybody that was in the rotation currently. But does this mean Grimes jumps down in the pecking order, which is a little little concerning the way Tibbs usually turns to veterans. Reddish being 22, I think gives me a little confidence that he'll have to earn his playing time. The Austin river situation is always what I go back to where Tibbs will play a guy that's worthy of worthy of minutes over, you know, potentially the politics of, I have to play the veteran. He did that with Dennis Smith. He did it with Knox. He did it with Austin rivers last year. So I'm going to hope that what we see in Grimes has earned him a rotation spot. And that, you know, that Cam Reddish will also have to do the same in earning that spot. But the thing to consider is that the Knicks traded a player out of their rotation for a player they expect to be in their rotation. So Mm. without doing something, how does that impact your team? Right? Because you could look at Grimes, maybe he falls through the cracks this year, which we don't want, but if there's just more seniority ahead of him, and we know that there's kind of sunk costs with contracts and Tibbs leans on his vets that, might very easily be the case. And it's like, well, how do you configure? Which is why I still believe there will be at least one other move on the horizon that kind of consolidates a little bit more with one of those players. My hope Mm -hmm. is it's not one of the younger ones, but how do they balance the ability to, you know, play these younger guys? Because if you play younger guys, there's a chance you might lose 
uh, more games. Like if you traded Alec Burks and consolidated him, what does that do for you? It, it pushes people up, which is great. But unless you're consolidating for the right talent, then it could have adverse effects this year. So it'll be very fascinating to see how Tibbs kind of puts these pieces together. Yeah, this is why, man, I don't, I'm sure you've looked at the schedule and how brutal it gets. Knicks have the third toughest schedule the rest of the year. Um, this is why the next, when's the trade deadline? February, um, February 10th. So this is why the next, literally the next month is huge. Because if they go into the trade deadline and they're the 11th or 12th seed and they're four games under 500, they may look to ship off some pieces and move some of the younger guys up that pecking order that you mentioned. If they're, you know, if they've gotten hot and Derek Rose came back and the offense now works because it's going through RJ, then maybe they're, they're buyers that'll look to consolidate some of it. You guys put it in my head in one of the cap or no caps. They're so set up for a superstar trade. They have so many assets that make it possible. I don't know who the superstar is. I don't think that superstar has made himself evident yet, but they're so set up to make one all-in trade and then plug in Deuce, Grimes, or whoever is left to be part of the rotation right after. It's it's just so evident. Mm-hmm. Um, James Lee asks, is Zion going to be good when he comes back? What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if Embiid can come back from the injuries he had that took two of his years out and that two and a half, really, why can't it be Zion? You know, if he's sitting out the whole season, we saw KD sit out an entire season and he's looked great. I mean, obviously, it was a very different injury. Uh, Jamal Murray has missed a ton of time. Um, John Wall sat out for 18 months. He looked better when he came back. It, it depends on each player. It depends on injury. It depends on weight and all. Yeah, I was gonna say Zion's factors. way less of an injury concern for me. It's a it's a in shape thing. You yeah. know, it's it's a fitness thing. But I'd agree that like a motivated NBA player is, I'd count on that. But nine times out of ten, um, they just got to take that Mountain Dew commercial off the air. They really do. <laughs> I, I can't. I, every time I see it, I'm I'm just like, this is not. There's not something that he needs out there, you know, um, uh, Oscar DeLeon. I think we'll wrap up with this. Uh, let's go Cam Reddish. What a trade. Uh, we've been needing a small forward since forever. RJ been playing small forward. I like him at the two shooting guard better. Also now Obi will get less minutes. <laughs> uh, we could get through one live stream without Obi's minutes coming up. He needs to work on his low post game. Oh, wow. Oscar's in favor of Obi getting less minutes. It looks Whoa. like. Um, okay. Jason M has a question for you. Do the Knicks make a first round draft pick in 2022? It's actually a great question. It is. It, it is, is asking you to you put your Brock Aller thinking cap on and project. Oh man. See again, before today, I wouldn't have thought, I would have thought maybe they'll use the Hornets pick if it conveys to move up. If mm. it doesn't convey that they have an extra sweetener for next year, the Brooklyn picks 2025. Yeah, but that's, so that's now they have two. So as of right now, they have two firsts, the Dallas pick that's top 10 protected their own pick. And then three seconds, right? For twenty twenty next year for, oh, it's for 2023. It's for 2023. Never mind. So for 2023, what they have right now, two firsts, they have a, the, Pistons second round pick, which will be like top 35, you know, somewhere in that range, which is great, most likely. And then they've got three other picks in the arsenal. So a total of six picks in the draft. So how they go about it will be fascinating. In terms of the question of trading their pick, like unless they really hate this draft class, I'm inclined to think they'll keep it. But then it tears you apart because it means that one of these players that we're growing to appreciate gets traded, which is just the nature of the business. So I'm, I'm going to say that the Knicks are going to keep their pick, but, but see, that's the thing. The pick can be anything, which is appealing to teams. So if you're making a trade that, you know, gets you a better player of some sort. All right. I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say they trade the, say no, I'm going to say they trade the pick. So here's what I'll say. And this, it really depends how much you trust this front office. I think if there is a player that they think is definitively better in the upcoming draft when they have a pick available, 
they will trade. They will trade. Uh, they will draft that player and trade one of their current rotation players out to try and turn him into an asset. If they don't, we just saw what happens when the guy they wanted in Quentin Grimes would have been available later on. They traded 19, they trade 21. Look at the hall of assets they have now. Um, I it, like, so like saying, will they make a 2022 first round pick could mean they just make one later, you know, because the guy that they're interested in could be available at 29 and they have the 15th pick and they ended up getting 29, a future protected first, like literally the Charlotte trade all over again. Um, that's, that's the def- that That's where I'm going with that. At least um, blood of the Panther, the hashtag free OB hive Burks for Brunson is that's how we should wrap up the, the Mavericks are going to trade Jalen Brunson for Alec Burks. <laughs> Which oh, man. they they the math could work on the math could they, work. They it's have just... a trade uh, trade player exception that mm-hmm. Burks would slide into, and then Brunson would come back, uh, which would in, then actually give the Knicks a traded player exception of their own. Mm-hmm. So that is maybe a little interesting wrinkle of what could happen. Um, which then the superstar we should be looking to that's going to ask out is Luca because he's <laughs> seeing all the good players around him not being kept. Yeah, it's like oh, being a seven seed in Dallas. Right. Like you built the old Knicks, which sucked. Yeah. Around me. <laughs> you literally and you took me the on one the good guy Knicks. that I liked. And now like, yeah, I'm going to go back with him. I'm going to go there. So wait, wait, wait. there's a there's a rotation there of Luca Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., Frank, uh, uh, Reggie Bullock, Alec Burks, Trey like, Burke, <laughs> Trey Burke. <laughs> well, and then they'll, they'll we'll throw Noel in the trade, so that's sure. why they have a backup center. <laughs> Just build a team of Knicks. Exactly. Um, wow, James Lee. I will no longer be a Nick fan if they trade Obi. That's actually where I want to wrap up. We'll ask this last. Do you see them trading Obi Toppin? This season? Yes. No, I do. Do not. you see them trading him in the offseason? Very easily, but I'd still lean towards 2023 is when Obi's peak value matters for the Knicks. Like, unless you can force a way to make a trade that gets you a superstar this offseason and looking at the contracts and the way teams are set up, I just really don't see it. You know, unless it's one of the guys who's a free agent, like Levine's not going anywhere. Beal, I'll believe it when I see it. It's kind of like, okay, delay, 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 delay it till the 2023 draft. When then you can say, hey, this is an incredible draft class. We've got three top 35 picks. We've got a, a horde of young players that need to go because we have to consolidate in that sense. Knock on doors of teams where players might be saying, I'm done. I don't want to be here anymore. Um, and they will unfold as time goes on. But that's the sort of mindset where I, I will still be a Knicks fan. If Obi Toppin is Obi Toppin <laughs> is traded, uh, I just don't want to see him traded right now. I think it's just better if you kind of. But that's the thing: if if he can't get minutes because Randall is taking it up, mm. he's a backup. He, right, he's a backup whose value might be depreciating. So it's like, is this his peak value where he has two years left, at, you know, or two and a half years left on his contract? Can't get minutes. It's tough. I don't want to see him go. Obviously, but listen, as I've said before, if there's a superstar that comes in the building, fuck them kids. Yeah, fuck them kids. There you go. Um, I think that's how we're going to wrap up. Someone does have a super chat that I'll read that I think is much more appropriate for a podcast where we have time to prepare. Uh, I underscore enjoy underscore peace. Um, I'm sorry. Can you guys go over how the Knicks could get a protected pick back? Confused. That's not talking about the Reddish trade, right? No, I don't believe so. So just in general, literally look no further than the the draft they just had, where instead of making the 19th pick in the draft, they traded 19 to Charlotte for their pick and then a protected pick this year. Um, That's that's how you get a protected first round pick back. Unless what they mean is how does a team that traded a protected first get their pick back? Because we oh, so like could Dallas get oh could Dallas get their mean. It you know it you can do that. It's yeah. crazy, but you know teams can often grease the wheels down the line to get teams to ease up on restrictions. So if the Mavs pick was really important to Dallas, I mean they could get it back, but they'd have to make a trade that's worthwhile for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Um, they could get the restrictions taken off, so it's not a protected pick, which uh, frees up their 2025 pick and beyond. Um, 
But of course, the Knicks would want something for that. So the Knicks can kind of hold them over a barrel if Dallas is desperate to get that pick unshackled. But otherwise, I mean, if they wanted their pick back, they, they're welcome to get it. They just have to trade something to get it. Good stuff. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for this emergency live stream. Thank you to Jeremy and to John for being able to jump on um, at a moment's notice. Thank you, Jeremy, for waking up, apparently, to to do this. <laughs> What's funny is I'm the one that woke up at 11 and then was about on my way to my booster. And then all of a sudden, Cam Reddish became a New York Nick. And I'm getting the Chris Persiana treatment. Here. Yes, you are. Don't worry. Well, we, Chris is on a mailbag later. We'll make up for it then. Well, I hope he's awake for that. Yes, yeah, so I hope he's asleep. awake. I was about to say, we'll text him now to make sure he's awake. Um, if you guys dug this episode, please drop a like on the video. If you dig the podcast that you're listening to, please leave a five-star rating and a review. And until next time, thank you for listening. And we will see you on Monday when John and Jeremy will talk about the most recent week. Let's hopefully uh, wraps up with a victory, which now you're on the losing side. John has won it this week because he went 2-0 so far. I'll take uh, it.